Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. All right, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. We are continuing our series with the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5. Starting with verse 27. It says, You have heard the commandment that says, You must not commit adultery. But I say, Anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your strong hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Lord, this is your word, alive and active, and may it change us today because of who you are in Jesus' name. So can we talk about the reality of reading this passage today? Because, let's be honest, it makes us a little uncomfortable. So I'm, you know, I'm doing a sermon series that uh, goes with our devotion. I'm loving this devotion. I like this writer a lot. I don't, I don't know who all is doing the devotion for Lent, um, but I am. And how is Lent going, by the way? Are, are we doing good, those who are fasting? Mine is, mine is, I have ups and downs. Just so you know. And the biggest down I've had so far <laughs> was camping. And, and like I had, you know, I didn't care. I said, I, I can adjust. I eat hot dogs without bread, you know, those kind of things. But the other night, Thomas, I posted, y'all saw that. If you know, you know, right? And he made his cobbler. Who's had Thomas's cobbler? Yeah. I was so excited. I scooped it up. I put the whipped cream, and I thought, I thought to myself, it's so fluffy because it's bread. Because I've told myself, you know, I kind of set those parameters, and I was like, bread and cakes, cakes too much like bread. And I just, mm, I just looked at it and choose your friends wisely, those who will encourage you and lift you up and help you on your struggles. Because my family goes, just eat it anyway. Y'all missed the whole point of fasting, didn't you? And, and my son, he said, just pretend like today's your Sabbath and you're taking the day off. Choose your people wisely around you. I did not eat it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But passages like this make us uncomfortable. It's private, right? Like, when we sit in the room with mom or grandma, these are things we don't talk about, <laughs> right? I remember in college, um, I took a class. Oh, this sounds hokey. Vegetable growing. <laughs> it was one of those just easy classes I needed to fill things in, okay? And I have no idea what I learned in that class, by the way. Um, because Prof. Kennedy, he was the best. He was an old man. Um, 
I think he's just one of those guys that had tenure and just he's there until he was not there anymore kind of deal. But he was so awesome. But I was the only female in that class. Thomas, were you in that class with me, I think? Yes. I was the only female in this class and, and lots of cowboy hats in this class besides me. But he had a rule. He would reprimand them for their language and their rude comments and jokes and things if I was in that room. But I learned they liked it when I wasn't in class because they got to just talk however they wanted. You know, it didn't matter, right? Um, and so that's nice on sort of a, a thought of it, but here's the deal. It didn't really change who these guys were, right? Like... When I'm not there, that's really who they were. But it was always funny to me if there was a lady, if there was a girl in class, you couldn't cuss and you couldn't tell jokes, you know, certain jokes and all this stuff. And, and, but I found out because my boyfriend was in there, if I wasn't in there, all bets were off in that class, you know. You know, maybe, maybe you're uncomfortable this morning as we walk through this a little bit because you were taught not to discuss certain topics when others are in the room, right? Or maybe you're going to be uncomfortable this morning because you have baggage that this topic will talk about. Things that you've done or things that have been done to you that is going to be hard to think about. You know, I have choices that I made in my past that when I read passages like this always come up in my mind. So the problem is we tend to shut down. Like you've already, I read the scripture and you're like, not listening to this one today. Uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. So I'm going to beg you this morning to, to not tune me out. More importantly, don't tune God out this morning as we listen to this passage. And the image of adultery, it brings its own baggage to this passage today because many of us are are or have been affected by adultery in our life through our loved ones and people we know or maybe ourselves and relationships we've had. So this this is a passage that is very personal. But, you know, the truth is that this text is hard to separate sometimes from all that baggage. But can we try this morning to have some fresh ears? Can we try to have fresh ears? Because there's something here for us to wrestle with that, that Jesus wanted us to talk about. Or Matthew wouldn't have put it in here. This text is found, remember, with Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Remember, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that this is probably not one complete sermon. It's many different teachings that Jesus had given them over time, put together, Right? And this one is among the the six, what I call the you have heard teachings, right? So in these six different teachings that we see grouped up here, um, Jesus always begins with what they've been taught about the subject. So you have heard this, and it'll list what they've been taught in their Jewish teachings. But then he always says, but I say. And he begins to break it down and expand it to the heart matter of what the issue is. 
So in verses 17 through 20, it talks about, he talks about, if you look back, Jesus talks about, he doesn't come to abolish the law. It says he came to what? To fulfill it, to live it out. Which also tells me then Jesus must have dealt with these kind of feelings just like we do. But he lived it out and he stayed holy. So it's important for us to hear what Jesus has to say. Because if you look in verse 20, when he talks to them about um, fulfilling the law, listen to verse 20. He says, but I warn you, unless your righteousness is better then the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What in the world? You see, here was the problem. These Pharisees, maybe they had never committed adultery, right? Because the Pharisees followed the law to the T right? Outwardly things to make sure that they appropriately looked the part. And they did it because they were trying to cleanse their hearts. See, before Jesus, that was the whole point, that they would follow the law trying to cleanse their hearts. But Jesus shows up. And when we have Jesus, our hearts get cleansed which then changes everything on the outside. Do you see the difference in the two ways of living your life? You can follow the rules and still not have a clean heart. And you can have a clean heart and honestly still look like you're not following the rules because God is dealing with us all differently, different times different matters. Always remember that. Now, I want to define what lust means here because the Greek word for lust in this passage is a verb, not a noun. And in fact, this means that it's more than just feelings and emotions. The root word for for lust in this passage is actually the same root word for covet. Do y'all remember that Ten Commandment thing? Thou shalt not covet. So remember in the Ten Commandments you have, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet. And yet they're related. Because coveting then, this, this word lust would mean a strong sinful desire to have something that does not belong to you. Our culture thinks of lust as the beginning of love. We've kind of tried to reduce it down to just that chemical reaction we have with someone that we're falling in love with, right? No. Because what Jesus is talking about does not lead to love. He's talking about something that is linked to coveting, desiring something that does not belong to you. So that cannot lead to love. That can only lead to sin. Why is it important to get the the right view of this word? Because it's helping us to understand what Jesus is saying in this passage. And, And I don't know about you, but when it's in red, I feel like it's really important for us. And I feel like we have to listen. Jesus is trying, one thing in here that we see is he's trying to humanize women in a culture that had no value for women. 
And we know this. We, we look at John uh, chapter 8, remember, when they bring the woman who's caught in adultery, right? And they're wanting to stone her. What was missing from that episode? It takes two to tango. There was no man brought to face that same charge, right? Matthew chapter 5 is pointing to the equal responsibility because you, you notice he's not calling out the one being lusted after. He's calling out the one who is lusting. Now, verse 29 through 30 is kind of harsh, right? Like this one, I remember as an early Christian reading this going, wow, they, they take this stuff serious. Gouging out eyes and cutting off a hand. Like, that's kind of gross. If I'm just honest with you, that's, right? But here's the deal. It's not meant to be taken literally for you and I. But it's making it clear how important this is. All right? How serious Jesus wanted them to understand to take this matter. Just turn on the news. Read the headlines. And we know when one, one person covets or lusts after another human being, it always leads down dark Simple paths. As much as we don't like these subjects, we even find them throughout our Bible. Rape and sexual violence and abuse and manipulation. We find all of that. And while the actions are not meant to be taken literally, I think the meaning absolutely is to be taken literally. If your desires are leading you to victimize others or, or do whatever you need to, uh, to take what you want, then we know you need to do something to stop this. Jesus is putting a responsibility on us over what we call emotions or just chemistry. He says, no, you do whatever you separate yourself you, you change who you're hanging out with. You know, I, I was talking with Alex recently. There was, I don't remember, uh, some sports figure who in the interview had a flip phone. And Alex was like, what is wrong with that person? <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know the story, but I'm going to bet a big if here. He's protecting himself because this is a doorway to a lot of trouble. And if we can't control ourselves, and not just what we are looking at, but what people send us. I don't know if y'all remember, but flip phones, they don't get the best pictures, (laughs) if they get pictures at all. And so I told him, I said, probably this person, because of their status, their their celebrity-type status, I said... You can't get those inappropriate pictures sent from people if you got a flip phone because you don't get pictures. And I said, and you're very limited to what Internet you would have through that as well. You see, this person probably knew his limits and wanted to put a safeguard there. While, while it's not to be taken literally, 
of gouging. I want nobody gouging eyes and cutting hands, okay? Let me say that over and over and over. But this is my eyes and my hands these days. Computers are the same way. Church, that means that if we have to also make a, a space too, this, this is something I was thinking of as I was going through this because, you know, one, there's two, two things here. One, you have to take responsibility for your sins, your actions, and you have to make changes. But church, what you and I need to do is make a safe space for people to find forgiveness as well. You see, because sometimes we have certain sins that are unforgivable in our society. (laughs) But they're still God's children. And that's hard. I know that's a hard, hard thing for us to think about. But we have to give safe space for people to ask for help. Now, we're living in a culture that is struggling with sexual sin. I don't think this is a surprise probably to anybody sitting in here. It is, it is rampant. It is crazy. It is a world I never thought we would be in. Never before has pornography been so easily accessible. Like one click and you're in. And you think of every young person all the way down to elementary school that has one of these. My teachers, I'm looking at, we know this is a real problem, isn't it? I mean, even even years ago when I was subbing up here and we had a whole thing that happened where kids were sexting one another. Sorry, let me define. That's inappropriate pictures sent to each other. <laughs> Got to make sure I define what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm telling you, this is a, a real problem in our society. And there's this new acceptance of it, by the way. Like there's a legal side to it now, right? Consensual and it's okay. That, that side is, it's legit. No, that's not what God wants for us. And when we partake in those things, I don't care how you define it as okay, it's not because human trafficking is a real thing. Man, I was just watching this morning a news clip of some bus down in Florida and Disney workers were involved in it and it was a human trafficking ring. This is out there. This is this is here. It's not out there. It's it's here. It happens in our town as well. It happens everywhere. And let's be aware that that Jesus, again, he wasn't blaming the one who was the victim. Well, she wasn't dressed appropriately. I don't care. I don't care. He was putting responsibility on the one who had the problem. I've always taught my young ladies when we were in teens to dress appropriately and modestly, but it was not because of what they think of as purity culture now, because I thought she was a problem for some young man. No, I wanted her to have dignity and self-worth, to know that she didn't have to show more skin to find her worth. That's what I teach the young girls. 
And Thomas would try to teach the young men the same aspect of things. To have dignity and self-worth, to know who you are in Christ, to make better decisions than what the world tells us. Now listen closely. Jesus said, unless our righteousness is better than the Pharisees, remember, we will not enter the kingdom. So most of us probably can say that we've never committed adultery. I know that. Most of us sitting here. But see, Jesus takes it further. He took it to our behind-the-scenes moments, right? He took it to those, those times when we're alone and we think nobody's watching. He was basically saying, but I'm sitting right there with you. I'm watching. I know your hearts. And listen, if, if we take Jesus seriously... We'll do what we can to care for other people as well. Which means Jesus was affirming over and over that that women were not just objects. This was a huge problem in his day and time. Women were just objects. It, It was like owning property. And they had no worth to them. And he's saying, they're mine. There is worth there. And ladies... That goes for men as well. We, we also are living in a time and culture where we think we can ogle and look at men like objects. I think it's just sort of been a reverse. Lent is designed for a moment for us to draw near to God, to allow him to expose areas that maybe need gouged out that we need to deal with, to understand. And remember, we're, we're reading this passage in the, the full context of Matthew's chapter 5 through 7, which was Jesus talking to his disciples about what? About teaching them what it looked like to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. We should look different than the world. The problem is the world is still creeping in. The church is just as bad at these things as the world is. We, Over the last couple of years, I've lost count how many pastors have fallen from their mighty pulpits because of sex scandals, right? We know. <laughs> it's a real issue. Our, our sexual ethics, how we live our life, are part of being in the kingdom of God. Keeping covenant. Adultery is about breaking covenant because marriage is a covenant between you and your spouse and God. And adultery breaks that covenant. And Jesus, you know, he went beyond the whole just marriage thing. That's that's the thing about Jesus. He gets all up in our business, right? (laughs) Don't you hate when Jesus just gets all personal on us? And the kingdom of God, we value people. All people. Even when they don't look like us. Can I give you a warning? Because I've seen, uh, I, I know the, the controversy with the, the college sports swimming stuff right now on the female side. Please be careful what you post. 
Because we may not agree with the lifestyle of that one swimmer, but they're still God's creation. And they're somebody's child. So how about we pray for them? And if you're on social media, you know what I'm talking about right now. And um, just remember, the kingdom of God values all people. Because I remember a time when I was lost. Living a life that wasn't what God intended. But I love him because he first loved me. That's the problem with lust. Because it says, my desires are more important than your value. That's where it goes wrong. That's why it can't lead to love. It only leads to sin. And to love God, love people, that means we do it in all areas. You know, these verses, they're, they're not meant to, to shame. That's the problem. We, we feel shame. Maybe it's because of things that we've done. Maybe it's because of things that were done to us. We feel shame. But I'm here to tell you, God forgives. God forgives. You may have consequences to deal with because of where we fall short, but God forgives. Doesn't mean, though, that you won't feel a conviction. So so today, if you're feeling some kind of little mm, uncomfortableness right here, it's not me. These are the red letters. That means Jesus said it, not me. So that uncomfortable thing that you're feeling, it's the Holy Spirit. See, his job is to convict you. So if you're feeling something to be convicted about, that's, that's God talking this morning. He wants to deal with something going on in your life. These verses are about how we live in a light of the kingdom of God. Remember I said the Pharisees, they were trying to live a life where everything on the outside looked good, but the problem was the hearts still were not pure. And when Jesus comes, he wants to purify the heart which then begins to change the outside. Bo, I shared a picture. I took this this week, and it actually was a a complete accident. Do you see the perfect reflection? Like, I didn't mean to do this. I was simply trying to get a good water photo of, um, I'm not even sure who you're fishing with. Is that Andy, maybe? That might be, or maybe you and Alex. I don't even remember now. And after I took it, I was like, wow. And it looks so much better on my phone than what this pixelation is doing. Because if you turn my phone just right, you can't tell the difference from the top and the bottom. Like, this looks like the actual sky. It is so perfectly reflected. Church, when you let Jesus purify the heart, you're outside should be a perfect reflection of that. Now, it it doesn't happen instantaneously always to where everything just lines up. You're a work in progress. It's what sanctification does. It continues the work that started from the moment you received Christ. And it's a work in progress over time when God begins to deal with things in your life. And let's always remember to give grace to others because 
The way God is dealing with Alvin Baker is different than the way he dealt with me. So in other words, we may have some of the same issues. And sometimes we're pretty bad about, well, I got over it. Why didn't he? Because God just hasn't dealt with him yet. But now church, don't take that as an excuse to say, well, I'm just not ready to deal with it. Mm. Don't ignore the voice of God when he's speaking to you. What do you need to gouge out? Lent is that perfect time. Today, I want you to just examine your hearts. Don't leave this room if you feel God speaking on something today. What do you need to gouge? What do you need to cut off? What do you need to change in your life so that the perfect reflection becomes more like what Jesus intends for your life? We used to do a thing where with the teens when we would do a clean out. They had to clean out things. And when God dealt with them, whether that was on their music, whether that was on just clothing, maybe, maybe okay, I've not been dressing appropriately, so I want to dress differently, we would throw away things. Literally throw away things. And and used to that cost a little more. Bo, you remember the days of CDs, right? And you remember you remember those services where CDs got popped and put in the trash can, and we'd get phone calls from parents later going, "Do you know how much money my kid threw in the trash?" Yep, because God asked him to, and I'm okay with that. It's a little harder now. Used to we got to take the kids' CDs on trips. <laughs> And tell them, we're going to listen to what you listen to. Now everything's on a phone. And we can't exactly, you know, take their playlist over. But listen, church, I know these topics are uncomfortable. Y'all, y'all got, I wish, I wish I had pictures of y'all today because y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy and like, what has this got to do with me? Like BJ, we're good Christian people. Like we, This one just don't apply. I don't look at that pornography stuff. I don't even know how to answer my phone, let alone find it on there. But I guarantee your children and your grandchildren do. Well, I've never committed adultery, but the people in your life have dealt with it. It has touched probably every one of us in this room. If it was not personally... It was somebody close to us, and we've seen the fallout from it. We know the hurt. We know the healing that has to take place. Why? Because somebody coveted something that wasn't theirs. And the more we do talk about these issues, by the way, the less the enemy gets to put his spin on things. Because the more the church is quiet... The enemy is out there putting a whole different idea in people's heads that it's okay. Everybody's doing it. They're not dying. It's okay. You see, I fell into that trap as a young person. As I first watched my friends thinking, well, they're the Christian people and they're doing it and like no lightning, boom. (laughs) So it must be okay. And I was fine with that for years. Like, it didn't, I slept fine, people. And then the Spirit spoke to me. And God said, but I designed sex. And it's a good thing. 
when it's done the right way. And he said, the problem is, you wasn't doing it my way. Therefore, you sinned against me. Talk about a conviction. So today, you, you may have that thought, well, I've heard. But can we listen when Jesus says, but I say. But I say. So even if, if some of the things I talked about made you feel uncomfortable today, and some of the things you're thinking, I don't know if this even applies to me, it applies to people in your life. Don't, don't push it away as, well, we don't talk about those things. Open up a space where you do talk about those things. Talk with your kids. Talk with your grandkids. Be the cool grandma and grandpa that is up with it, right? <laughs> you understand what they're doing. Because I promise you, if you don't give the godly view of these things to your kids and grandkids, that world isn't doing it. And then somewhere down the road, we go, what happened? Now, my funny about camp, you can still do everything right and everything go wrong. Because just as Jesus said, we all are responsible for our own actions. And our kids and grandkids, they reach an age. They're responsible for their actions. So all you can deal with today is your heart. God, how's the purity in my heart? Show me what I need to gouge out. Show me what I need to cut off. Show me where I need to stand and be braver about the things I talk about. And God, help me to see people in your eyes. Stand with me this morning. These altars are open. This is a message that God wants to deal with you out in the open. Because sometimes that's the only way to dispel the darkness is when we step into the light. Because the problem with the subject we're talking about today, it takes place in the darkness. And God says, let there be light. And I'll show you what I want for your life. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today. Father, I almost skipped over this message. I almost changed it because it makes me uncomfortable. But you were so sure to tell me this has to be spoken. Lord, I just pray that your word is alive and active right now in the hearts of your people. May the Holy Spirit continue the convictions that he has started. And Father, may may we begin to grow compassion for others that deal with this. It's so easy to judge. It's so easy, Lord, to to put people in in a place, in a, a category. But Father, every person living and breathing is your creation. And may we remember that. Even in the hard places, even in the brokenness. And forgiveness does not always mean complete redemption of relationships. We can forgive and still break ties with, with people who have hurt us. But we still need forgiveness to set us free. So Father, I feel like some in here, maybe that's part of the the baggage that that brings to the table with this message today. There needs to be forgiveness. To just let go of the hurt so that you can start to heal them, Lord. 
Father, I know that uh, as much as we don't like talking about it, there are things that were spoken today that people are dealing with right now in their life, in the darkness behind doors. God, let your spirit speak. We're not to judge, but the spirit convicts, and may we answer with repentance. And Lord, the things that we need to take out of our life, to gouge out, to to cut off, speak to us now. Father, I, I, I pray for a generation right now that it is really hard for the church to speak to about some things because the voice is louder out there that agrees with them. But God, I want to bring into your word today, you created us. From the very beginning of, of time, you created us. Sin separated us from you. And our sins are not removed by anything that we do, only through the blood of Christ, which was paid on the cross. And as we are leading up to that moment of, of resurrection day, we can have eternal life today when we say yes to Jesus. So God, no matter how we've been living on the outside, may today be about purity of heart on the inside. May we surrender all. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, it is beautiful outside. I think we're in spring, so go enjoy the day with your family and be a blessing to others. Have a great day. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.